I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Today on Simplicity Beckons Podcast, we are thrilled to introduce you to Dana K. White from A Slob Comes Clean. Dana is an author, blogger, and podcaster. And probably about three years ago, I was knees deep in a project that I was working on where I was creating a gingham wall pattern with paint in my daughter's room in the house that we were uh, moving into at the time. And I was scouring Apple Podcasts for something to kind of listen to that would kind of keep me motivated and focused on my project. And I stumbled upon Dana's A Slob Comes Clean podcast. And I kid you not, I have been listening religiously ever since. If you are not familiar with Dana, let me tell you that she has the very unique perspective of someone who is considered an organizing and decluttering expert in that she is someone that has really struggled with her house in the past. Like I feel like so many of us, we struggle with keeping on top of our lives. And she is very candid and honest about what that struggle looked like. And all of her strategies and advice that she shares is based in the reality of someone that literally had to start at the bottom and work their way up with kind of conquering this struggle. Having Dana on the podcast is kind of a surreal experience for me because she doesn't know it, but she has been organizing and cleaning my house with me through my earbuds for the last three years. And I just have a lot of admiration for her mission and the fact that she approaches all of these things that we all have to stay on top of with so much grace. And she's so funny and relatable. So I'm excited for y'all to hear her interview. Yeah, let's jump in. Hello, Dana. Welcome to Simplicity Beckons. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Is this video, are we like recording video to share? No. Yeah. Well, you're fine. We don't roll like that. <laughs> Y'all look adorable. And no, I was no. like, wait, just, I just need to know this. So anyway, feel free to leave that in. Cause that's my reality. But yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so funny because I'm like sitting here in sweatpants with my coffee and like I can't I'm just telling her sweatpants. I have like chasing a toddler all day with crazy hair so oh, great you, you fit great. right oh, on in and, yeah. and I'm in the closet because that's literally how I can stay away from my kids that whatever works is what yeah. you should be doing so yeah that's great I'm very familiar with your work. Um, I have read your books and listened to your podcast like every single week. So I know all about what you do, but Natalie um, is not familiar. So it's kind of cool that, you know, we kind of have a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, it's funny that Elizabeth said that because once she shared your name with me, I have been listening in and I'm like, (laughs) why am I late to the party? Like, why did my friends not look out for me and pass this information along? Because... Even on Facebook and Instagram, I'm like finding all this awesome stuff and all of my friends are following along, but somehow 
I just haven't been invited. So I'm really excited that we just have this chance to get to know you better and kind of hear your heart more about all of this. Well, don't be offended, okay? Because here, here's the thing. It's an embarrassing secret. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that people struggle the way that I do, okay? I, I have learned that there are people who can learn from me, which still surprises me, but there are people who can learn from me who their houses are way better off than mine was when I started, you know? But it is one of those things I find that some people are so happy to like share, 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 tell other friends. And then other people, they will, I mean, they'll email me and they'll say, um, they'll ask a question like, well, I didn't want to ask it because I didn't want my name to be, I mean, like just in case my mother-in-law ever happened to, you know, oh, no. and it, <laughs> so, so it really, it's, it's funny to me. So I don't, you know, it's fine. Don't, it's not you. It's me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. So what we're all about is like simplicity and how that kind of sets us up to live more intentionally. Yes. sort of that whole process. Like that's what we are about. Um, so what I love about what you create is your strategies are literally like the most simple approach to <laughs> organizing and cleaning and keeping on top of things. But it's so genius because I know for me personally, I try to overcomplicate literally everything. And that's yes. probably why I am attracted to simplicity because I need it in my life. Um, like so much. So one of your strategies that you talk about is your clutter threshold. So um, can you kind of explain to our listeners what that is and how it varies from person to person and the obvious signs that you have crossed over it in your home? Okay. So your clutter threshold is not, and I always start with the what it's not because there's a lot of assumption on, oh, okay, I know what she means by that. And I'm like, probably you don't. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people assume, and it would make sense to assume that it's how much stuff drives you crazy. Um, you know, like somebody, you, if you've ever been to somebody's house, like I'm thinking of, and I'm not thinking of anyone specific, okay, but like an older aunt's home who has you know, the entire room is full of knickknacks, you know, just everything is full of knickknacks. Um, and some people would say, oh, that's over my clutter threshold. I, that's not my taste. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with taste. Like it does not matter. It, that is exactly what she should have. If that's what she likes, if she can keep it under control, you know? And so clutter threshold, my definition is the point at which I personally have more stuff in my home than I personally can keep under control easily. So um, that's why you may have, like, I, I went to somebody's house one time and I was complimenting her um, little display that she had up on her wall. And she was like, oh, I bought the whole display. She saw it in a, um, in a store, like a, you know, decorative store or whatever. And she not only bought the little shelf, she bought every single thing that was on the shelf. And I was like, I thought that was genius. Personally, I was like, I would never, ever consider that. That's awesome. Um, but it makes me think about like, let's say I had that same stuff in my house with all these little things on it. And she had it in her house with all these little things that she loved and she kept it just perfect. I could have the same thing in my house and I wouldn't be able to handle it because the way my brain is, if I see five things on a counter, 
oh, I'm going to add six, seven, and eight without even realizing I'm doing it. And the six, seven, and eight are going to be random pieces of paper or a toddler shoe or whatever, you know, I mean, like all these random things are going to end up there because of how I operate and how my brain sees things and stuff. I just can't handle having that amount of stuff. Um, and so my, my example that I give is that my mom has a very high clutter threshold. So she grew up on a farm. She lived far away from town. Her parents were depression era, you know? Um, and so she, had this, she has this mindset that she has to have everything she might ever need for any situation, which is great. Like, you know, I used to say, well, if the apocalypse happened, it happened. And now I'm like, well, since quarantine happened, <laughs> like <laughs> she already had everything that she needed. Like she's who you want to know in that situation, but she can keep it under control. So you go in her house and you might be like, oh, I liked my house. I like my house to be a little more sparse than this or whatever, but it's all under control. Like she knows where things are. They're neatly put away. She gets out what she needs. She neatly puts it back, you know, that kind of thing. Um, she can handle that amount of stuff. I inherited the belief that I needed to have everything I could ever need for any situation, but I did not inherit her clutter threshold. So I part of what got me into the mess that caused me to start what I call my deslobification process is this bringing in of stuff. You know, I love a great deal. I love a bargain. I can totally think of every possible situation that might occur in the future. And so I would grab things, I would bring them into my home and yet I couldn't handle it. And so in my house where my mom would have had it neatly in a closet or whatever, it was just piles and you know, the corner of the garage literally piled. There was no way to even get to what was, you know, in the bottom that was so useful when I brought it into my house, but I couldn't, you know, so I was living over my clutter threshold, but I didn't know that. All I knew was that I hated my house, you know, and I thought I needed to get organized. I thought, okay, that's my problem. I'm not organized. I need to get organized. So as I decluttered my house after I'd hit rock bottom at some random point, I just went, Oh, my house is easier to keep under control than it ever was before. And that was when I realized there's a point and it's different for everybody. You don't find it unless you actually declutter your house. And as you declutter, you will hit that point where you realize, oh, my house is staying under control. This is my clutter threshold. And at that point, um, that's when you have to work on maintaining that clutter threshold uh, by as things come in, you have to get rid of stuff. I love that perspective because as you're talking, I just keep thinking of my husband and I, and he has a totally different clutter threshold than I do. Like yes. when I am in a room, I often am like, man, I just, I don't feel at peace in this room. Or I don't want to be in our bedroom. And I just ugh, like, I'm not going to even step foot in there today. And he in turn is like, you're just a clean freak. Like this is perfectly clean. It looks awesome. Like I made the bed for you and I've taken all these extra steps to clean it. But I really think it's because we must have a different threshold. Right. And it's, it ultimately comes down to what can you handle, you know, mm -hmm. and, and in a shared space, like, is it staying under control? If it's staying under control, then it's a taste issue. And we need to like address that issue, you know, like who aesthetically let's talk about things. But if we're talking about clutter and calling it clutter, it's a matter of, can you handle it or not? You know, is it staying under control or is it like an explosion went off again and again and again and again? Well, then that's clutter and you need to get rid of stuff, you know, um, to get it to the point where it's easier 
to maintain. And then in a shared space, you want to go with the lower clutter threshold for, you know, what can you together maintain? We believe ordinary people have extraordinary stories and they deserve to be shared. Your story matters, and we would love to give you the opportunity to publish it. We are currently accepting submissions to share your story on our Simplicity Beckons platforms. Lean in and be inspired. It's an honor to hear and share your story. Find out more on our website at simplicitybeckons.com. So sort of piggybacking off of that, mm-hmm. um, Another one of your strategies that I really love that I think lines up with our mission is the container concept. How can this simple concept uh, transform the process of decluttering things and keeping things more manageable? Well, so I used to not, I mean, I would have argued with you if you had said that I didn't know what a container was for, but I did not know what containers were for. Like I literally was not using them correctly. And what I have learned is that I mean, we all know that naturally organized people love containers usually, like they always go crazy for them, but it, it's kind of like where we weren't speaking the same language. Like they didn't know what I didn't understand and I didn't understand what I didn't understand. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, we just, were not talking about the same thing. So at um, one point in my decluttering process, I was talking to myself cause that's what I do. And, um, <laughs> I was like container and I realized the root word of container is to contain, it's to limit. So it's a boundary. And I realized that I had always been treating containers as something to put things in. So I would have one container, I would fill it and I would still have stuff left over. So I would go buy another container, fill that one, still had stuff left over, go buy another, you know, and, and then all those containers didn't fit on my shelf. And I would think, okay, well, I need more shelves. And then Mm. I didn't have any more room for more shelves. And so I thought, well, we need a new house, you know? And so I thought I was doomed to be disorganized because we didn't have enough space. When in reality, when I realized that containers are meant to be limits, that that's how they do their job. I realized, okay, then I, put my things in the container. And then once the container is full, that's the limit and everything else has to go. Um, Just like firemen contain a fire, they try to keep the fire within these boundaries. And if it goes outside of those boundaries, then it's out of control. Um, If I can let the container be the limit, for, for one thing, if I only have as many pens as will fit in the container, then I can put all the pins in the container and I'm done. Like, and then it looks like the organized person's house, you know, like that's mm-hmm. what they're doing, but they don't realize that you need to know. That. And I didn't know, they don't need it. <laughs> they didn't realize that I needed to have that explained to me, you know? Um, but, I, and then because, you know, once I realized that containers are boundaries, then it also helps me make those hard decluttering decisions because I am not assessing the value or the emotional impact or my attachment to an item. I'm simply asking the fact-based question, is there space for this? Like, is there room in the container? And that container may not just be a bucket. It might be a drawer. A drawer is a container. A shelf is a container. A room is a container. And when when you start looking at your clutter that way 
and your house that way and accepting the natural limitations of your house, it frees you from trying to decide if you should keep something. And instead you can just blame the container and be like, okay, I can only have how much I can keep under control. And this is how big my space is that I have in my house. Um, you know, and then things like, oh, I have so many kids clothes and my kid's closet is full. So what do I do now? Well, I used to think, okay, well now I've got to designate that closet and that hall closet and, you know, the attic and all that for all these kids clothes. When in reality, the closet I had for kids clothes was the closet that I had for kids clothes. And so I needed to purge down to where they all fit in there. Cause otherwise if I'm putting kids clothes in my hall closet, then I don't have the room in there for the coats that we need to keep in the hall mm -hmm. closet. And if I don't have room in there for the coats, well, then my coats have to go somewhere. And it just causes this big, you know, chaotic moving around of things. And it, it's one of those things that's like, really? Some people not know that, but I'm telling you, I, I didn't view my house that way. And it's like the number one game changer concept for most people. And I think a lot of it comes down to freeing you from those emotional decisions that are yeah. hard to make with clutter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something on one of your podcasts a while back, you said something about how as parents, we tend to just tell our kids like, go clean your room. But kids don't always know what that process looks like. They're like, right. I don't know how to do that. So it's really sort of brought into my awareness the fact that I need to go in there and like walk them through how to clean your room and give mm -hmm. them the tools to do that effectively where it's not just, you know, throwing everything in the closet and shutting the door or, you know, they just get so overwhelmed. So that, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to sort of introduce these concepts to them as they're little and kind of watch them, watch them grow up and see, you know, hopefully they can manage their things better because I know, I mean, I'm an organized person to an extent if I'm maintaining, but if it goes beyond the point of maintaining, mm -hmm. it gets out of hand. And then I think I have a very um, low clutter threshold, like stuff gets out of control and I'm not at peace, you know? Right. So and all these concepts apply so well to children and me, <laughs> you know, but, but really though, I mean, like the clutter threshold, if they have more stuff in their room then they can keep under control. If it's like, okay, we got everything put away. They love their room like this. They have room to play in the middle of the floor. They're so, you know, your kids act like it's the best thing that's ever happened to them when the floor is clear and the room is cleaned up. But then, you know, the next day it's back to being a total complete disaster. It's because there's too much stuff in there. They can't yeah. handle that much stuff. And so decluttering until you get to the point where it's like, okay, now we can put this stuff away easily in five minutes. You know, we can do a quick pickup and get everything put back up. Um, you know, and, and the container concept works really well with that as well. You know, if you've got more things than will fit in the room and then the containers within the room for that kid, you know, then it's one of the, I mean, my kids had way too much stuff because I didn't know about limits. You know? mm -hmm. And so I wasn't teaching them about limits. And so I was just getting every great deal at a garage sale on all these cool toys. And, um, and in reality, you know, there was just, there was literally more than could ever possibly be handled by my kids or even be put away neatly and easily without being shoved and pushed and, you know, all that. 
Yes. Uh, my son had, oh my goodness, probably more than a hundred of those little matchbox cars, mm-hmm. you yes. know, and he liked them, but he would get very overwhelmed with them. And then the mess that came along with playing with them. And at one point he was gifted one of those little carrying cases where there's a slot for each little car. And at one point I just, we picked out ones to go in every slot and we got rid of the rest. That's and the container plays, concept. Yeah. Yes. And he, he plays with them so much more often. And it's like, it's like we I've set him free from the, just the burden of having to manage all of that when, you know, he's only six years old. Like it's, it's hard for him to really understand that. But that was one area personally where the, the container concept was like, this really does work. Like this it's is so kind brilliant. Of like magic with kids. It really, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing is too, because when there's not a limit and you love matchbook car, matchbox, whatever they're called, matchbox cars when you love them. And so everybody at your birthday party brings you one or attaches it to the top of the gift or, you know, like, Oh, he's into that. So I'm going to keep giving him those. Like, where's the limit, you know? And, and you can't expect a child to be like, Oh, I have enough of those, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so they just keep coming and they keep coming and then it's overwhelming and you don't even enjoy them like you used to. Um, but once he has that case with the 24 slots, then every new, that, new one that comes in, he can decide, do I like it better than one of these ones in here? And if he doesn't, then it doesn't get to stay. You know, it's like, right. okay, you know, I'm, I, and that's a fun choice to make. Like, which are my favorites as opposed to, oh, I need to get rid of some of my Matchbox cars. You know, I mean, it's right. just a, it's a different, it's a mental shift that really, really frees you from all that angst. Well, and I think this is such a great point because we're talking about kids right now, but I know there's probably so many adults even listening in right now that either based on their personality or how they're raised, they're thinking, oh, well, this is really great for you guys having that conversation, but you haven't been to my house. Like you have not seen how far gone I am and I'm just going to, you know, shut down. So do you have any encouragement that you would give to someone who's just really struggling to keep up with their house and they just don't even know how to get started with this process? I definitely do because that, that was me. So, you know, just the brief version of my story is that I started a slob comes clean as an anonymous practice blog. Like it was never going to be the thing that I spoke publicly about. It was a secret. I didn't even tell my husband because my house was a total disaster. And I had tried for years to figure out how to get it under control. And I just couldn't. So I do. And I have, I have different habits and things, but we're talking a lot about clutter right now. So I'll talk specifically about clutter. If you just look around and go there, my house is out of control. I have way too much stuff. I have, um, in decluttering at the speed of life, which is my book that is completely about clutter. Um, I have a five-step process and the first step, the whole point of that first step is to break through decluttering paralysis because decluttering paralysis is absolutely real. Um, it's just that feeling of being so overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. And the first step is trash. And some people are like, trash. Oh my goodness. Like who has trash in their home? And I'm like, well, yay for you for being perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But, but the the thing is maybe you don't have any like, okay, so let's, let's start with the most visible space in your home. Okay. So out, you know, so that you're going to be able to see the progress that you're making and inspire yourself to keep going. Cause if you start in a hidden spot, 
you're not going to see what you did and you're going to spend all this time and effort and be proud of yourself. And then no one's going to notice and you're not going to notice, you know, the progress that you've made. So start somewhere visible and start with the trash, get a black trash bag. It needs to be black. So the people in your house don't see what you're putting inside of it. Yeah, for real. That's great. Yeah, and then just start throwing stuff away from that space, okay? Because it will get you moving because there's no emotional angst. When I say trash, I actually do mean trash. If you have an established recycling routine, grab your recycling bin, bring that too. And then, you know, just throw things away. I mean, I'm sitting here in my own living room, okay? And like, there's a Walmart sack and I don't know why. Oh, actually I do. I think it was from... Thankfully, there's nothing in it because I think it's from when my husband took the dog on a walk yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, But but there's like a Walmart sack there, you know, so it's like, oh, okay. If I'm just thinking, oh, I have so much to do, then I'm not doing anything. But if I say, I'm going to look for trash, then I go, oh, well, there's that. Um, Oh, there's that. Okay. There's three things. And even if there's only two or three things or one thing, you've started moving. And every time you remove something from that space that was overwhelming to you, it is a little bit less visually overwhelming. And then you can move on. So the, the process that I have is meant to get you going. So the next step is easy stuff. So the easy stuff is stuff that has an established home somewhere else in the house. It's just not there for whatever reason. We're not going to worry about the reason. You're not going to beat yourself up over that. You're just going to say, oh, I know where this is supposed to be. I'm going to take it there right now. Okay. And then the process gets you through that. And the, the way my process is set up, which we don't have time to go into all of it, but the way my process is set up is that there's five steps, but even if like, especially how old are y'all's kids? Three. Six and four in nine months. Okay. So you and guys are one in, on the way. <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah. You guys are in the thick of it. Like you're in mm-hmm. the most right. distractible time of your entire life. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, it is. I mean, you have all great these description. Yes. And that's so, why I'm locked in the closet. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, even I've always been distractible, but when the kids were little, little and here all the time, it was like, I can't even, you know, I felt like I could never get going on anything. And that's another frustration when your house, cause you're like, well, I don't, I don't have any uninterrupted time. Like it doesn't exist. But with this process, it's designed so you will only make progress. You're never going to pull everything out of a space like most decluttering strategies will tell you to do. Instead, you're going to go item by item. So even if let's say that you grab that black trash bag and you throw away three things, even though there's probably 70 things there you could throw away, but you only throw away three and then somebody throws up and you have to go deal with that, your space is better off than it was before. Like it's three things less than it was before. And that's the that's the definition of decluttering success is to have less in the space than there was when you started. So, you know, and then if you can come back to that, you throw away more trash, you start moving easy stuff and it just diminishes a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And whenever you have to step away, cause that's guaranteed at your phase of life, you've made progress. Mm-hmm. And then that's what will eventually start, especially if it's an invisible space, eventually you're going to start to get, gather that momentum and really start to see an impact on your home. So I'm going to be honest, Mm -hmm. the strategy that I held out on that you, that you talk about the longest was the take. I totally know what you're about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Say it again. Cause I interrupted you. Go ahead. Um, is the, the take it there now, like, and I knew I could see the benefit of it and understand it, but I was stubborn about it. But really, I mean, it's life changing because like you said, 
progress is being made. The mess isn't getting bigger. It's getting smaller. Even if it's just inch by inch, it's impactful. And I don't know, it's just, I held out and I was stubborn about it, but so beneficial. So you guys are in the phase of life where like, which did either of y'all read books before you had babies Mm -hmm. about having babies? Okay. Totally. And so you were like, I mean, that was me. I was like, I'm going to be the best mother that there ever has been. I'm going to know exactly how to do this before that baby even comes home from the hospital. You know? And so, I mean, like I did my research and for y'all, I mean, my kids are, my oldest is 18. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of, I missed the having young kids while internet was a major thing. I mean, it was, it was starting, but I don't envy you that because you have information overload. You have so many things that you could do. And so much that's out there is written as if we live in an ideal world. Like Mm -hmm. this is how things should work, you know, like think it through. And sometimes I wonder, I, I feel like there are a lot of people who write about stuff and they're, they're being theoretical. You know, like Mm. I can tell you theoretically the best way to declutter and, um, you know, clean your house, but that's not what my books are because the theoretical ways is not what actually worked in my real life for my brain, for my emotional attachments to things, for the realities of when my kids were little, you know, I mean like theory versus reality. I have no interest in theory Mm. when it doesn't play out that way in reality. Like don't, don't even tell me how things should work. And the whole take it there now is in theory, like on paper, it makes so much more sense to sort into all these little piles and then take everything to its home all at one time. Like in theory, in a perfect world and an ideal world with no interruptions, you would totally work faster that way. Like, but that's not, that's still not my reality. And my kids are teenagers and they're in school, you know I mean? So it's especially not your reality yeah. when your kids are little bitty, you know, even for the person who is normally naturally organized, that's just not that reality. And so, um, I'll take reality any day because in reality, I can guarantee you, if you follow my way, I can tell you for a fact, your space is going to be better off mm-hmm. in five minutes, you know? And, and that's the thing is you, you can't, if you do it this way, if you do item by item progress and only progress without ever making a bigger mess, you can get started in five minutes. And if that's all you have, you made progress. Yeah. But if you happen to have 15 minutes or five hours, you keep on going with the same process and you're going to make that much more progress. And, you know, we're all about intentionality and Mm -hmm. I think that can affect everything in your life. And there's something about like holding something in your hand. And if it's not worth walking across the house and putting this where it goes, maybe it's not worth keeping it. Maybe it's not worth having it because don't we want to be intentional with all the things and not just, you know, so it's really, it's really helpful and kind of just reframing the way you look at your things. It's impactful. That's such a great point. That's, that's a really great point because did I say point? That's a great (laughs) point, everybody. That's a new (laughs) word that maybe y'all don't know yet, but um, no, (laughs) that's a great point because Cause it is, it's like, if this is not, yeah, I love that. I love that. Like it'll make you evaluate whether or not, is it walk worthy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to get all our steps in, right? 
Right. I know. I hear from people all the time, like, I'm getting all my steps in because I'm taking it there right now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but you know what's funny, though? And not funny. Funny is not the right word for that. But I, what's so interesting to me is the number one complaint people have is like, I don't want to do all that walking. But then the people who um, I hear from who suffer from chronic illness and literally cannot do all that walking, this strategy is so incredibly helpful for them. Mm-hmm. And that surprised me. Like I didn't realize, but they, the point is once that item goes there, they're done. Mm-hmm. Like it's done. It's not weighing on them mentally as, oh, this thing that I still have left to do. Oh man, it's so hard to get things done. You know, like I, you know, and, and so that's interesting to me because I hear it all the time. I also hear from people who aren't willing to try it because they think it's going to be too hard. But mm. I love hearing from those people who are like, no, I gave it a try and it actually works better because of um, the unique challenges. Mm. There's something to be said for being done and not having to worry about something anymore. You know? Oh, yes. It's huge. It's huge. When we have so many other things, like why would we go back to something that we've already solved? You know? Yes. Like by the time I go back, I don't remember what it was that I had solved anyway. So then I have to do it again. Yes. Yeah. So one thing that we like to just ask people that we interview is what is something that you've maybe simplified personally that's really adding value to your life? Oh goodness. Okay. Um, I'm always looking for something. I mean, I, you know, my first thing that comes to mind and, and I think Thankfully, maybe, I guess this is one good thing from quarantine is a lot of people who, a lot of people who didn't necessarily do it before now do this, but I I mean the, the grocery pickup. Yeah. Like I, you, I'm jealous of y'all. Like I'm jealous of (laughs) y'all for my phase of back when I had kids that age, like I can't even, uh, you know, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful (laughs) I mean, it was, it's life-changing. Like, I mean, I, there was a year where, cause I was, well, so when my kids were younger and this, I guess would be something that would simplify, but, um, I would try to do all my errands in one day because mm. even though that day was so hard, it made all my other four days at home mm-hmm. be so much easier. So it was just right. basically my standard answer was if we're going to do that, we can do that on a Thursday or whatever the day was, you know, but I remember there being this year where I had three at home. And it was kind of the, I guess, year and a half, two years, between, you know, where they were all three at home before kindergarten started. And um, like, I don't even know what I bought at the grocery store. I blew through our budget. I literally would just get home and be like, I don't even know what I grabbed. Um, it was so hard <laughs> because yeah. I would just walk down the aisles and be like, okay, 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 yeah. okay. All right, we're done. You know, and so, yeah, I, I love grocery pickup and anything like that that can be automated, subscribe and save. Yeah. Oh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Even just how restaurants have done a great job. Now you can just like jump on their app and order ahead of time. And it's like hot and ready and you just throw it in the car and go home. It's like mm-hmm. so fast and convenient. I love it. I especially love the ones that let me tip online. And I mm, wish yes. more of them did that because if I can tip online, then I never have to actually have any contact, you know, but if they yeah. hand me a clipboard and a pen, I'm like, doesn't this defeat the purpose, but whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah. has been so encouraging just to like hear these 
practical tips and steps we can take, but also to know that I'm not the only one that struggles with certain things and that other people are in the same, you know, season and they're in the same stage of life of trying to get all this figured out. And there are easy ways. We don't have to complicate this. It can be very simple steps that we can take. And it's just been really encouraging getting to talk with you and kind of hear those and hash them out together. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks Thanks for having me on. This is fun. I don't know about you, but Dana has a way of making cleaning and organizing simple, attainable, and fun. I can think of countless times that I've been so determined to organize my closet and it just results in me tearing every single item out, piling it in a huge mess, and then somehow something always comes up and I'm pulled away and then I'm just left with a more disorganized room than I began with. And it can be so discouraging. But after speaking with Dana, my perception has really shifted and I've been able to implement just simple, small changes in our household. And I'm already seeing it make a huge change. You know, organizing the spaces in our house that one time used to feel so overwhelming now feels attainable. So first I've been taking her container concept and I started viewing our house in terms of containers, not just the boxes and actual storage compartments, but seeing a room or a shelf or a drawer as an entire container. I loved her analogy about firefighters keeping a fire within its boundary because it's helped me realize I have containers everywhere and I can be implementing these containers to help keep our clutter under control and within our family's clutter threshold. Secondly, I began adapting Dana's simple concepts and strategies to start training our son in a way that's not overwhelming, but inspires him to join in on putting things in their place. It can be so easy to forget that cleaning and organizing are a skill set that we have to teach our families and pass on to our children. We can't just assume that they know how to clean their room when we tell them to go upstairs and clean their room. I mean, who knew that chatting about cleaning could be so fun, but I had such a great time speaking with Dana and just implementing these strategies within our household. And as we approach the busy holiday season, I encourage you to start implementing some of Dana's simple strategies just to help you manage your household during what can sometimes be some crazy and hectic months as we end out the year and hopefully just help you stay on top of things and enjoy the holiday season and be more intentional with your time.